Hello guys, welcome to the Balanced Corner! Welcome, welcome, welcome! So, if you don't know, and you're not watching over here on IMG Live, I'm over here on IG Live taking some questions and just, if anyone's got any input on what we're talking about, we're gonna go through all of that at the end. But without further ado, let's get on into it. So, today's episode is about the things you must have as a dog owner, the things you really don't need as a dog owner. And then in the second portion of this little podcast is going to be the things you really need to make sure you're doing as a dog owner and the things that you really should not be doing as a dog owner. So naturally, a podcast like this is going to be a little listy. So let's just get right on into it. As I'm going through, I'm going to try to give as many brand recommendations that I have found from my personal experience work best. But again, Disclaimer, as we go through this, this is all just personal experience and what I find to work best for me and my own personal dogs. Okay, let's get on into it. So first we're going to go through what are the must-haves as a dog owner, whether you have one dog, two dogs, ten dogs, things you need to have. So first is a crate, of course. I like to use wire crates. The brand, I honestly don't even know. I don't think it really matters. But a wire crate is a must-have. After the crate is a K and H place cot. So the place cot comes in three different sizes. You can have the tiny little cat size, the small size, or the large size. And I would say most dogs fit on that small. And after that... So we're kind of go through where it's things that you need like in the house, things you need on your walk, things that you need to play with your dog and to take care for your dog. Okay, so things that are going to help with your walk. It's just a standard six foot leash. And then after that, you're probably going to want about a 15 to 20 foot leash. I typically like something that's about 30 feet and we like to use that for off leash training. And then with your leashes, what are you going to connect it to? Huh? Not a harness. We're not going to do front clip harnesses, but we're going to do a flat buckle collar. And on that flat buckle collar, you're going to have an ID tag. And on that ID tag, you're going to have your name, your number, so that just in case your dog gets loose, they're able to reconnect you with your pupper. Oh. And also for your walks, what you're going to use is a prong collar. And what I like to use is the 2.25 millimeter Erm Springer Prong Collar. And again, as we get through these, I will also clarify things that you do not need. So with the Prong Collar, you only want the Erm Springer Prong Collar. Okay, and then to make sure, you know, you never know. If you're new to using a prong collar, you don't always put it on correctly at first. And even say, you know, some dogs, while they're walking on the leash, the leash pops off. And what's going to happen when that happens? You might lose your dog. So you want to make sure that you have a safety clip. And that safety clip is going to attach from your prong collar or your leash to that flat buckle collar. So say that leash comes off or that prong collar comes off, you have it attached to that flat buckle collar. And we like to say you'd rather have it and not need it than need it and not have it. So that safety clip is a must have. Okay, moving right along, kind of in that collar realm is for most people, you're going to want a bark collar. All of our dogs bark. 
okay? And I know a lot of us don't like it. So a bark collar is a must-have, I would say, in every family home. And the bark collar I like to use is the bark limiter from eCollar Technologies. And then moving right along is what kind of toys do you need for your dog? So you only need a few. You don't need 500 toys. You're going to have a couple chew toys. I prefer the Benabones. So those seem to be best for us. But again, this is just personal experience. And you're only going to need a couple tug toys and a couple like licky toys. So we're saying a Kong, a West Paws Toppler, something like that. But again, you don't need to have 20 Kongs, you know, stockpiled on your freezer. You'll be okay with just a few. And another toy that I recommend if your dog likes chasing things is a flirt pole. And a flirt pole is like those cat toys where it's a stick with a little string and a toy on the bottom. And that is very fun for a lot of dogs that are herders or barkers, and it gives them a good outlet for something to chase. Okay, so moving on from that is stuff that will just help you take care of your dog. So you could either go with booties. So when it is snowy out and there's salt on the roads, you're probably going to want to put booties on your dog. Or you can use Musher's Paw Wax, and that is my personal preference. But again, I have four dogs, so it's a little bit of a hassle trying to keep track of four sets of booties and putting them on and taking them off. I have found using the Musher's Paw Wax to be the best fit for us. And then... Another thing you're going to need for your dog, whether it's a long-haired dog or a short-haired dog, is you're going to need some grooming supplies. And what we like to use is, and honestly, brand, I don't think really matters with these things, but again, I'm not a groomer, so don't yell at me. But you're going to want a wide tooth comb, a metal wide tooth comb, and that's going to help you with any kind of coat you have, get out any tangles or burrs, anything like that. You're also going to want some sort of brush, whether that's a slicker brush or just like a normal brush. Um, again, I'm like, I'm not a groomer, so I'm like, I don't know all the names for these things or no brands, but you're going to want something that you're able to get all the way down to your dog's skin so again, if you're washing your dog, you are washing the skin, you are brushing all the way down to the skin, and we'll talk about that more later. But, and also, you might wanna get a coat for your dog. So if you got a short-haired dog, or maybe a dog that just gets cold, you might want a coat for them. And then moving along, something else that's gonna help you care for your dog in a grooming sense is some nail trimmers so you could either just get kinds that cut like scissors is how i like to think of it not the ones that are a guillotine style ones that are like scissors and i like the miller's forge off of chewy hey chewy chewy want to give me sponsorship hey <laughs> so you could use nail clippers like that or you can also use a Dremel, which I have recently discovered is the best thing ever for trimming nails, especially if you have a dog with, <coughs> excuse me, especially if you have a dog with black nails, or maybe you're just a little uncomfortable. <coughs> oh. If you have a dog that is possibly uncomfortable getting their nails done, the Dremel is really helpful for that. And then stuff, what do you need in your car when you have a dog? Personally, I like to use a car hammock and that allows for my dog to stay in the back seat, nice and safe, not jumping into the front seat or jumping back into the trunk. 
a car hammock, what might you want to keep in your car? Is a dog towel. And I very specifically say dog towel because, and again, learn from my own personal experience, is when you mix up a dog towel and a human towel, you're going to end up with dog hair on you. Whether that towel is clean, doesn't matter how many times you've washed it, you share that dog towel with you you're going to have dog hair all over you. So get a towel that is specifically for your dog that you can keep in your car or keep in your house for when they're muddy. What else you're going to need for your dog that goes along right with their crate is a slow feeder. So I think a slow feeder and also a metal bowl, that's about all you need when it comes to feeding your dog. And I like a slow feeder just because it makes your dog think a little more while they're eating. They're not going to gulp it and that's going to help prevent any bloating or vomiting. So slow feeder is what I personally like to use with my own dogs. And then last but not least, for must-have supplies, is a dog monitor, baby monitor, whatever you want to call it. So this is going to help you, say you're crate training your dog, or you're just working on your dog and you want to see what they're doing while you're in the other room or you're at work, you're able to turn on that baby monitor, that dog monitor, and see what they're up to. I think it gives you a little bit of peace of mind, but it's also one of the best training tools when it comes to proofing out-of-sight behaviors. So that's going to cover our must-have supplies for dogs. And again, I'm over here on IG Live. So at the end, if they have any add-ons or recommendations or questions, we're going to go through those at the very end. Okay, guys. So now we're going to get into the things that you really don't need. <laughs> Let's take a drink. <laughs> so what are the things? As a dog owner, we are told... So many things, you know, we are just bombarded on Facebook and Instagram of things we need. But like, what do we really need and what do we really don't need? And one of the things I see that you really don't need is a thunder shirt. That is often recommended to many people with dogs that have anxiety, particularly around storms. Hey, that's why it's called a thunder shirt. But you don't need one. You do not need a thunder shirt. I think the reason why people maybe think it works it's because your dog literally isn't moving because the shirt is too tight. <laughs> it is not actually helping your dog work through any anxiety. So, thunder shirt, nah, you don't need it, okay? And why I'm telling you these things, these supplies that you don't need, is because all the money you're spending on these things, for the most part, could be prioritized in a different way, whether that's training or just other options for you to actually get to the root issue of maybe what's going on here. Why isn't this tool that you bought, why is it not working? And a thunder shirt, it might seem like it works, but you're gonna have to keep using it most likely. So thunder shirt is not in my supply list. And right along with that is CBD treats. Okay. I'll be the first. I do like using CBD. If my dog is having some maybe arthritis issues or they have a sore back or something like that, yeah, I'll use CBD. But personally, I do not use and I do not recommend CBD treats for anxiety because again, it might help. Hey, okay? it might help take some of that edge off but it is not truly fixing anything or helping your dog in a way that's actually going to be productive. And why, you know, and always thinking about why are they anxious? And again, CBD is expensive. So it's like, if you're buying these treats, 
you know, you have to give more and more and more and every day, it might be better to prioritize that supplies. Okay, and we talked about toys earlier, but how many of us, might be us, it might be our friends, how many people do we know have a whole corner, a whole room stockpiled with toys? And does your dog or does that dog play with all those toys? Most likely not. So if you are that person, think about, consolidate. What are like the top 10 toys that your dog really plays with? Okay, and then donate the rest. You don't need to have 500 toys. I promise. BarkBox, I'm looking at you. Don't sponsor me. <laughs> okay, and then moving on. And again, a lot of this stuff, you might be doing it with the best intentions. You know, maybe someone you trusted recommended these things. But over here in the balanced corner, I am just here to give you some clarification that we do not need front clip harnesses or head halties. We do not need either of those because as you guys have seen, maybe again, maybe this is your own personal experience or with dogs that you've seen that they're in that front clip harness and they see that squirrel and they trip over and face plant. Same in the head halty. They see a squirrel, they lunge and there's neck issues. Guys, I've seen it so many times and I have even personally used the front clip harnesses. And again, I'm not a vet or anything, but I have seen that it can cause changes in your dog's gait. When what that means, you know, the point of that front clip harness is to make your dog imbalanced, you know, is to knock them off their balance so that they can't pull. And like, to me, that doesn't really sound like training. Okay, moving along from that, and kind of in the PetSmart realm is, we do not buy PetSmart prong collars. Why don't we buy PetSmart prong collars? Because one, most of the times, the points on those prongs, they're really sharp. They're not a blunt edge where it's rounded on the side. It's actually pretty sharp. So we don't like PetSmart prong collars for that. But also, they can rust really easily. And that metal can be very weak and it warps. So that's where we're just talking about the best bang for your buck. So yeah, maybe an Erm Springer might be a little more expensive. I'm honestly not sure how much a PetSmart prong collar is. Um, I doubt it's much cheaper than like a PetSmart uh, prong collar. But it, you're going to save your money, you know, because that Erm Springer is going to last you a long, long time. Okay, moving along. And this kind of goes back to the, do you really need it? You don't need 500 bandanas, leashes, tags, collars. You don't need all of that. Especially, and I say this, you can spend your money however you want. Let me, let me preface that. But if you are still buying all of those things, but you can't buy proper training or vet care or groomer care because you have now bought all of these supplies, then you need to reprioritize. You need to think about, hmm, where should I be putting this money? Okay. And I think this kind of goes again in that pet smart category. What do we not need? Rawhide. We do not need rawhide. And I hope if you're on Facebook or Instagram, you have seen by now, we do not want to feed rawhide. It is bleached. And I've seen a lot of cases where it's 
not digestible and so it's one big sheet that's not getting digested in your dog's stomach and there's obstruction is that the word i think that's the word your dog's stomach gets blocked (laughs) so we don't like to feed rawhide other options could be you know, like pig ears or duck feet or trachea or bully sticks or bones. So there's lots of different options. But if the chew that you are buying is bleached and white, we do not want to feed it. I mean, that's basic in itself. It's bleached. We don't want to give our dog bleach. Okay. And this kind of feeds back to that CBD. And I actually had someone on Instagram say it too, is we don't need those pheromone collars or room scents to help our dog, what, have less anxiety, to be less stressed? Again, these are a lot of things that we are marketed to that, to tell us that's going to make our dogs less anxious. It's going to make our dogs act better. They're going to be better. They're going to be the best versions of themselves because of these things. And a lot of it comes down to training it comes down to structure it comes down to management and that's also you know with um talking what's the better option is we don't need citronella collars so citronella collars are also basically bark collars so the bark collar it's going to be a vibrate or a shock sensation but the citronella collar it's literally spraying citronella up into your dog's nose so that they smell it all day long you know that's where maybe something like that it could maybe be okay if it was momentary just like the vibration or the shock is but with citronella it's gonna linger and you know our dogs their noses are so sensitive so that citronella is staying up in your dog's nose all day long every time it barks so 2021 we're doing without the citronella collars So guys, that's going to wrap up the supplies we don't need in 2021. And here at the end, if we have any other add-ons, we'll talk about that at the end. But for right now, let's take a little break. (coughs) Okay guys, getting on into the second part of this podcast is the things you need to make sure you do and the things you need to make sure you really don't do as a dog owner. And again, these might be things that you've been doing for the past 10 years with your dogs, but you don't know till you know. So I never want you to feel bad that, oh no, I'm looking at my dog right now wearing a citronella collar. Like, it's okay. But now that you know, take off that collar. So you don't know till you know, but once you know, you better act upon it. Because yes, knowledge is power, but it's the application of that knowledge. Something like that. (laughs) Okay. So what are things you need to make sure you're doing as a dog owner? Very first things. And you can do this before you even have your dog. Before you even think about getting a dog. Or say you have a dog now and you want to think about getting another one. Things you need to do is contact. Or at least have some sort of reference of a trainer. A groomer. Your dog sitter or boarding facility. And a vet. Those are the four things you're going to have to have as a dog owner. There is no way, literally no way, unless you like never ever leave, I suppose, you can never get out of not training your dog. You cannot get out of grooming your dog. I mean, I guess you could groom it yourself. I do. I groomed my dog myself. 
You can't get out of not having a sweater and you can't get out of not having a vet. So get on it. Next thing you're going to have to do is micro trip your dog. You know, and if you have a rescue, or I guess maybe if you get your dog from a breeder, it might already be microchipped. So check, check. Next after that is you need to make sure you know what's the proper diet for your dog. If you can buy it at the grocery store, that's probably not a proper diet. Again, I'm not a vet. I'm not a nutritionist. So take my word as a trainer. Remember, I'm a trainer. But proper diet is so important. So you can go on to dogfoodadvisor.com and you can research all the different dog foods and just find what seems to work best for you. What's best in your budget? What do you really prioritize in your dog's diet? And again, you should always... Talk to your vet about what they think is appropriate for your dog and their lifestyle. Next is set a routine with your dog. So what is their day-to-day life going to look like? You know, big picture, every day is going to kind of change. But big picture, what is their day going to look like? They're going to sleep in the crate. Then they're going to get up and eat breakfast. Then they're going to go for a walk back in their crate for about four or five hours, they come back out, go for another walk, eat dinner, chill out, go to bed. Sounds like a good routine to me. So think about what's going to be that routine for your dog and a trainer can help you figure this out and think about that routine for your dog. Next after that is you need to make sure you are properly socializing your dog. So contrary to what maybe Facebook and Instagram have told you, or maybe even a past trainer, is that you don't want your dog or your puppy going up and saying hi to everyone and everything without any relevance of what you're doing. And again, a trainer can help you with this. But if you're going to properly socialize your dog, that's going to look like your dog is engaging with you while being neutral to the environment. So that's where you need to start. After that, after that properly socializing your dog is you need to learn how to play with your dog. I think so many of us are focused on the training and all that other stuff, but don't really think about how does my dog like to play and what really gets them going? Do they like to fetch? Do they like to chase? Do they like to play hide and seek? Are they maybe not really into play and they like more just kind of playing with you and wrestling? So that's something you need to do as a dog owner is think about how do they like to play and cater to it after that is and there's a lot of these things you know kind of go with working with a trainer or working with your vet it's going to be structured meal times so that is a must do for any dog there is no free feeding you need to have structured meal times so that means feeding your dog preferably in the crate put down their food give them 10 minutes if they don't eat Food goes away and they get it back later for dinner. And right along with that is you have to crate train your dog. There's no way to get around it. Again, if your dog is going to the groomer, going to the sitter, or going to the vet, it's going to be in a crate. And that is just for safety. It's not because, oh, bad dog. It's because it's a dog. And it can't always be supervised, so it's going to need to be crate trained. So don't. Don't wait. Just do it the day the dog comes home. You're going to save yourself so much grief and also so much money. 
Because I can't tell you how many people bring that first dog home, tears up the couch, tears up the blinds, it bites the shoes, yada, 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 tears up the carpet. And that costs so much money. So just pay for that trainer, pay for that crate. It's going to save you so much time down the line. And next after that is when you have a dog, I get it. I have four. But live your life. Do not let your life revolve around your dog in a way that's unhealthy. You know, in a sense of, oh, it's 6.03. I got to get home at 6.05 or else my dog's going to pee. It's like, no, your dog will be just fine. And a lot of that is, it is, it's self-perpetuated. And then it feeds into our dogs and our dog's like, oh God, you're anxious. Do I need to be anxious? And then we're all anxious. So live your life. Do not let your dog always, you don't always need to be at their beckoning call. They'll be okay. I promise. Okay. Learn after that. And I think a lot of this goes into just knowing dogs and knowing what can they eat and what can't they eat? What are signs of illness so that then you can take it to the vet? But these are a lot of things as a dog owner, you need to be able to identify. Like if their gums start going pale, you need to get to the vet. If they're having discharge or their stomach is hard as a rock, vomiting, diarrhea, you need to be able to identify these things as just, oh, they just ate something bad or oh. My dog is sick and they need to go to the vet. So these are things you need to make sure that you're researching, talking to your vet about, talking to your trainer about, so that you don't leave your dog hanging and not feeling too well. And after that, if you're not if you're not gonna go to the groomer regularly, which again I don't, is you need to learn how to trim your dog's nails. And it doesn't need to be perfect. It doesn't need to be, you know, right to the quick, you know, not touching the floor, but at least be aware of how to trim your dog's nails. And again, this is all just, you know, personal belief as I do feel like every owner should be able to trim their own dog's nails. And that's all I have to say on that. But if you're not able to, you can always go to a groomer. And then last but not least is you need to get on the same page as everyone in the family. So if you just bring home a puppy, everyone's so excited about the puppy. Ooh, everybody wants to work with the puppy. But everyone is shouting all these commands that the dog doesn't know. But you're also all doing it at once. And you all have different expectations and different goals. So a trainer can really help you with this. But just something to think about is you need to make sure you're all on the same page. Do you all agree that jumping is bad? Do you all agree that whining is annoying? <laughs> Do you all agree that puppy needs to be fed in the crate? Or is Yahoo going behind your back, you know, encouraging the dog to jump on the couch and tear up the cushions? So making sure that the whole family is on the same page. So there you go. That's a little basic rundown of things that you really need to make sure you're doing as a dog owner just to set yourself up for success. But again, this is not supplement working with a trainer, working with a groomer, your dog sitter, or your vet. These are just things that are going to make your life a little bit easier and not have to go through so much grief and struggle and frustration. Okay, guys. And in this last section, let's take a little drink before it. Is the things you should not do as a dog owner. And this is going to be some T T T T T. Seriously though. I'm like I know there's probably even the stuff I've already talked about. 
some people in this IG live is like, shit, that's me. And I'm like, I know it's you. <laughs> but first things first, the very first thing I thought of, no dog parks. It's 2021. We ain't doing dog parks. I know. We have all seen. We've all seen that Facebook post of a friend who took their dog to the dog park. Their puppy. They just got it. He loves dogs. Oh my God. He loves people. We're going to the dog park. And then an hour later, you see that their puppy got attacked at the dog park. And now this puppy, for the most part, it's going to go through, it's going to have to go through a lot of training to rebuild that confidence, to rebuild that neutrality around dogs, neutrality around people. So we ain't doing dog parks, but we are doing structured, you know, properly socialized group classes. We love that when working with a dog trainer. Next is do not overindulge your dog. And I think who has said it best is Carrie from Flash Dog Training, is act like it's your first date. When you bring home your first date, are you letting them in the bed? Are you letting them kiss all over you? You know, you're jumping on your bed, humping your cushions, all that. Like, no, we're not. So when you bring home that dog, why? Why? It doesn't need to sniff every corner of your house. It doesn't need to get up on the couch, get up in your bed, get up in your closet, smell your shoes, smell your dirty laundry. No. So don't overindulge, Okay. Take time. You have your dog forever. You have your dog forever. So you do not need to rush the process. Okay? After that, we are not listening to family dog trainers. We all know one of those. Everyone thinks they're a dog trainer. And I think what's hard about that is most people have owned a dog. And I would say most people have probably been able to train their one singular personal dog pretty well. And now they think they're a dog trainer. (laughs) but they're not they are not a dog trainer unless they have worked with hundreds of dogs and they make a living doing it and if you would not take their advice like don't take it then like if you would not watch their dog and feel confident and comfortable with it then I would not take their advice they are not a dog trainer so as hard as it may be do not listen to the family trainer Okay, this kind of goes next one into the proper socializing. But yeah, not letting your dog say hi to everyone and everything. Your dog will be just fine. It will be just friendly. Not letting you let it say hi to everyone and everything. Okay, and the next one. Little tea here is do not get another dog just to entertain your first dog. So if your first dog is an anxious, neurotic mess, and you think that second dog is going to chill it out and help its anxiety and keep it company, wrong. You're now just going to have two neurotic messes. (laughs) So if your first dog is wild and out of control, your second dog will be just like that. Now you just have double the problem. So so many of these things I always come back to. Just get a trainer. (laughs) Just get a trainer. If your first dog is that anxious, it needs training, not another dog. It has you. It doesn't need another dog. Okay. Next one, and maybe kind of relays back to the family trainers, is don't take all of your advice from Instagram and Facebook and TikTok. They don't know you. 
They don't know your dog. They don't know your struggle. They don't know your journey. So if you're taking all these little pieces from, I mean, trainers that, you know, if you're taking them from, you know, completely purely positive, something that's completely compulsion based, and you're trying to mishmash and take a little bit from here and there, it's going to it's going to be a mess. It's going to be a struggle because you're not following a training plan. You don't have a goal. You're just kind of throwing shit at the fan and hoping something sticks. So please do not take all of your advice solely from social media. You will have a bad time. Okay, next one. And next one is also a little TTT. If your dog has a tummy ache, do not feed it chicken and rice. (laughs) Oh my God. And I know maybe your vet has told you to feed it chicken and rice, but what you should really do is you need to just fast your dog. You need to fast it for 24 hours and let everything get out of its system. Because of course, if your dog has an upset tummy, of course it's going to eat chicken and rice. He's like, shit, hell yeah, I get chicken and rice. But his tummy is so upset that now you're adding in that chicken and rice and chicken and rice. And yeah, it's super bland. I mean, maybe down the road, it might help. Hey, again, I'm not a vet. It might help. But to just speed up that process and not have to go through all that, just fast your dog for 24 hours, let it get everything out of its system, and then slowly introduce their own food right back to it. Because also... I'll tell you how many times I've had dogs get upset tummies here and maybe they do get chicken and rice. Maybe their owners bring over chicken and rice or this, that, the other. And now the dog's going, where's my chicken and rice? And I'm like, sorry, dude, you're just getting kibble. So that can happen too where the dog now goes, yeah, I'm expecting chicken and rice now. Because again, who wouldn't like that? Boiled chicken and rice? Hey, my dogs would have a fit over that. Okay. And like all these, they're so kind of random. But, and what's funny is that I got a lot of these ideas from watching. I literally just went on my Instagram, like on the explore page. And I went on TikTok and I'm like, oh, don't do that. Oh, don't do that. Don't do that. And what I saw was quit fake throwing the toy. If you're playing fetch with your dog, just throw the toy. It's not fun. It's not cute. It's just, oh, it causes so much frustration. And I would say even a little bit of trust issues. So quit fake throwing it. Just throw the toy. If you want your dog to work a little bit, make it do some obedience or something. But like that one, oh, that one, I don't know why it irks me so bad. But like quit fake throwing it. (laughs) Okay. Wow. Another one is don't let your dog protect you. Your dog isn't protecting you. It is probably protecting itself, but it's just acting like an asshole. So quit it. Quit letting your dog bark at people and going, oh, he's protecting me. No, he's not. He's acting like a jerk and needs to stop. Like that's a liability. Quit it. Your dog barking and lunging at people and snapping at them and growling at them that's going to get you in trouble. Something is going to happen. Who cares? Even if it is protecting you, it is not appropriate. So quit it. Quit it. Okay. And again, all of this comes from love. Here I am. I am just your little Haley in this little bounced corner, giving you some love, giving you some guidance and some clarity. So no, your dog is not protecting you. It doesn't need to. You If your dog is that uncomfortable, you need to be protecting it and advocating for its space. Okay? (laughs) Next one. You do not need to exercise your dog 
for hours and miles to tire it out. You're actually just creating an athlete. You're creating a dog that is building stamina, building endurance, and it's going to be impossible to keep up with that. So you get sick. So you've got to go out of town randomly. Say someone else has to watch this dog, and this dog is reliant on seven, eight miles a day. It is so not sustainable. But also, I mean, you're wearing your dog into the ground. You know, I mean, dogs, like, especially the kind of stuff we make it do, like playing fetch, jumping for stuff. You know, that's a lot of what I'm thinking about, or like running on um, concrete, you're going to wear your dog down and your dog is going to be, you know, six, seven years old. And he's going, shit, my joints hurt. I'm exhausted. And you're actually cutting years out of your dog's life. So quit overexercising it. Smarter, not harder. And again, a trainer can help you with this. If you feel like that is the only thing you can do, like my dog will only shut up when it gets eight miles of running, then get, reach out to a trainer. Get some help. Okay. Another one, if your dog, and this really goes more towards small dogs, but I guess big dogs too. If your dog is lunging and barking, do not pet it and coddle it. Do not tell him, oh, it's okay. Oh, it's okay. He's just over there. He's just looking at you. Don't worry about him. He's okay. It's okay. Oh, stop it. Stop it. Your dog doesn't care. Again, this kind of goes back to like, he's not protecting you. He's not scared. He's not nervous. Honestly, he's probably pretty confident a little bit. Again, of an asshole. So quit coddling it and just keep moving. Okay? Or get some help. Get some training. I promise. Training can help you with all of these things. If you feel like you are not able to get out of this little funk and like your dog just isn't getting better, reach out. I promise. One session with most trainers will give you so much clarity, okay? Just a couple more here, then we're gonna get over to the IG Live with some questions and just some feedback, okay? Another one, if you have a child in the home, do not let it be crawling all over your dog, pulling its ears, grabbing its food, putting its hand in his mouth, and then having the audacity to post it on social media quit it. Yes, your dog maybe is tolerating it now and you're like, oh my god, he's so good. My baby is so good too. He's so cute. One day, guys, I was that kid. I was bit by a dog when I was younger. I took my little baby, waddled over to the dog, took the bone from this dog, and it shredded my face. My nose is forever crooked. I have scars all over my face when this dog bite. Because I went over and took a bone from this dog. So please do not let your baby be crawling all over your own dog. But especially dogs you don't know. They are wild animals. Yes, they're domesticated. But they got sharp, big teeth. Every one of them. Every dog is capable of biting. No matter how well you know that dog or how well you know your child. It can happen. So please, please quit doing that. And last one, guys, is quit. Do not stick your hand in your dog's food bowl. And this is, again, another one that maybe was recommended to you to prevent or even treat resource guarding is, oh, if I stick my hand in their bowl, they're going to know it's mine. It's my food. No. Okay, now you're just being the asshole. Get your hand out of your dog's food bowl. Feed your dog in the crate. 
Let it mind its own business. Think about it. Think about it. If you're there, you're hungry. You haven't eaten all day. And say you're at you're at Outback Steakhouse. You eating your steak and your chili cheese fries, and someone comes over and sticks their hand in your food. What are you gonna do? Yeah. Just think about that. I don't even need to say. Just think about that. You'd probably be pretty pissed too. So guys, that is all that I personally have for the things you need to do, things you don't need to do, and the things you must have, and the things you don't really need as a dog owner. Because again, there is just so much information out there, and you know, everyone's got an opinion about something. So what should we really be doing? What should we really be buying? And this can give you just a little bit of a starting point. And then from here, please contact. You can always contact me. I do virtual lessons, but you can also contact a local trainer to help you and your dog. I promise you do one lesson and you will have so much clarity and just have some guidance of, okay, what should I be doing? And if you are really truly in the balanced corner, you will have, there'll be some judgment calls you'll need to make. If your trainer recommends a front clip harness or a head halty, move along. Okay, I will tell you that. Move along. Whether they're purely positive or balanced, these are tools we don't use. Okay, so now we're going to get on over here to our IG Live. And we just have a few questions and a few comments. So yes, yeah, someone else recommended that we don't need those relaxing smelly collars no we don't need that and like and those days are those things are expensive we don't need all of that and then we got some questions here so the first one is starting your puppy out on a harness with learning to walk on a leash so personally i think yeah i think you know if your puppy is you know, hasn't learned about leash pressure or what a leash means and you want to keep them safe, totally a back, a back clip harness is definitely recommended. Even for my adult dogs, they all have harnesses just in case. I want to put on something that's maybe not a flat collar or a prong collar. I will use a back clip harness and attach there. So yes, and thank you, the Aussie Four, for that question. But I will say you can Start your leash training with your puppy as early as three or four months old. So, yes, you can use a harness, but make sure you are moving right along in your training program. Okay, two more questions from Hello Yogi. They ask, curious on your thoughts about dog seatbelts. I think seatbelts, yeah, that's awesome. You know, if you're not sure if your dog can stay in the back seat or the trunk or wherever you put your dog, I think a seatbelt is a perfect option for you. Personally, I put my dogs in downstays in the car so they aren't roaming around and they stay stationed in one spot. So both serve the same purpose. And then the last question from a Hello Yogi is, how do you know when your dog needs a coat specifically Oh, it needs a coat, specifically a short-haired dog. So I think it's totally up to you. You need to know your own dog. If you see your dog shivering, let's give it a coat. But if your dog, I mean, I think some dogs just run hot. And if that's your dog, it just runs hot, then hey, I don't think it needs a coat. And I'm like, we are a little bougie in that sense where we have light little t-shirts. And then we have a little bit of like a middle mid-layer. And then... My dogs also have parkas. 
<laughs> so like we are a little hey i want a christmas gift though and so we are a little bougie in the coat department but it's definitely dog dependent i think coats are recommended for short-haired dogs though you know i'm like i don't think it's ever a bad thing so looking over here on ig live those are our last questions and again i'll probably do this again so going forward with these podcasts if you want to join in on the conversation or you know see the podcast before i edit and post it Make sure you're following me over here at Haley Howe Sound Hounds, which I will probably be, which only you guys, only you guys in the balanced corner know is that I might be changing my business name to the balanced corner. Okay, guys. So that's all I have for today. I hope this was a good starting point for you. I hope this is able to start you in the right direction. Or if maybe you have friends and family that you're like, you need to listen to this, please share this with them. And feel free to share this and give me any feedback. And on my Instagram, I do post about upcoming upcoming topics that we might want to cover. So please let me know. Okay, guys. I will talk to you later.